0: It's a historic week for our nation as a new presidential team transitions to power. And here in Virginia, legislators started a brand new session that will have significant impacts on family and religious freedoms. As Christians, how do we ride out this roller coaster of change with grace and strength? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman. And I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Victoria, our nation and our state is dealing with so much change lately. It can definitely kind of feel like a roller coaster, you know, where you feel like you're inching up to that cliff and you might go rolling down really fast at any moment.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a fan of roller coasters, honestly. And unfortunately, my husband's trained our whole family, except me, to be roller coaster junkies. I actually can remember having to go on the Hypersonic, which is a a roller coaster here in the Kings Dominion in Virginia. And you're standing in line, you're watching this, and it goes up 165 feet and it makes a 90 degree drop. And I just remember thinking, if I just count how long it takes, 18 seconds i'll just close my eyes and it'll be over in 18 seconds the problem with that is that can't be the way we go through life but i do think a lot of christians would rather approach our culture in our situation like that but i think instead our eyes are actually supposed to be wide open but on jesus i love
0: that analogy and when you think about it we have so many examples of biblical heroes doing that keeping their eyes on jesus in the moment i mean there's daniel in the lion's den esther shadrach meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace just to mention a few None of them knew the future or how things were going to play out right in that moment, but they did what they could do. And that is, like you said, just fixing their eyes on God, stepping out in faith in that moment. And, you know, when you think about it, it's pretty incredible uh, because even though they were in a completely different time period, we still read
1: about them today. That's right. I think their eyes were on Jesus, and I think about the parable where you've got this neighbor knocking on the door persistently, needing bread, and it talks, the whole point of that is about how to pray, and it's about praying persistently at any time of the day, and it it ends with saying God's the giver of good gifts. The Father likes to give good gifts, so I think we need to pray persistently in this moment, and we need to trust God's heart on where we are.
0: Yeah, just ultimately, we're not in control of the outcome. We're not in control of the roller coaster. But we can take comfort in knowing our obedience in Christ, our prayers are going to have that, that eternal impact. And that's an exciting thing to think about, that we have the honor of fulfilling that mission on Earth that's going to be eternal. And you know, I, I'm also thinking about, I hear people talking about, well, I wish I would have lived in this time period or that time period. And I felt that way myself, to be honest with you. Um, but actually, we are living in a really significant world changing period right now, and we have that opportunity in this moment to be listed in god's gallery of faith so to speak hi if you are listening today thinking how do i get my kids equipped with a biblical worldview in this chaotic culture just look for the student program section in the menu of our website that's familyfoundation.org well as we mentioned this is the historical inauguration week and a new presidential administration is taking over in dc and we've been hearing a lot from our relationship with uh, ch- Christians and church leaders here in Virginia, our relationship with them at the Family Foundation, that to be honest, this change, this transition is creating a lot of anxiety in people, even a lot of fear about what's happening next. Victoria, what are some of the concerns you're hearing?
1: Well, yeah, there are a lot of concerns out there. And I think even when people hear about uh, President Biden's first 100-day promises, they get a little nervous. In fact, I read a quote that really alarmed me, and it's fair to alarm the church. It said, it was from Politico, and it said, to be sure, there's there will be some low-hanging fruit for Biden, like lifting the Pentagon's transgender ban, joining the Paris Climate Agreement, and reversing the rules that strip federal funding from Planned Parenthood. They describe that as low-hanging fruit. That's hard to hear, as if it's like going to be a piece of cake to do. But then you go further and you think about the Equality Act, which has significant impact on our religious freedom. That's a bill that, that we can talk about a little bit later, but the bottom line is they're passing that without even allowing for an understanding of religious freedom in it. And then you top all this off with this moment that we're in where social media, where there's this clampdown in the social media world on people who believe some of the same things that we believe. So it just doesn't bode well for people of faith, especially those who express any kind of politically unpopular opinion, like on a biblical worldview issue, like marriage or gender or sexuality.
0: Exactly. Regardless of where you are in the political spectrum, the social media actions we're seeing right now, they are scary. And really, in and of themselves, it seems like they just kind of put a spotlight on this power of tech to almost function like a third arm of government, just in the way they're controlling or, you know, even eliminating voices.
1: Yeah, we're definitely seeing a general clampdown of opposing views. And I think churches and Christian parachurch kind of organizations like ours, we're looking for big tech to simply be evaluated through the lens of like a monopoly so that we can make sure that our ideas are not entirely shut out of the marketplace. Because more concerning than individual decisions by entities like Amazon and Twitter is what could happen if liberals see them as a tool for cancel culture and then they enshrine that kind of censorship into law.
0: Well, in light of that, please do tell us a little more about the Equality Act. How would it potentially do what you're talking about and change federal law in a way that makes churches and Christian schools especially more vulnerable?
1: Well, we've begun to already see these concepts here in Virginia that are in the Equality Act that we are seeing in the Virginia Values Act. Both laws, one at the federal level and then one at the state law, elevate sexual orientation and gender identity above religious freedom. Both laws attempt to uh, tell religious entities how they must hire, set up their facilities, and much, much more. The difference is if they pass the Equality Act, that is one situation where they're saying the federal RIFRA law, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, they're saying that that can't even be applied, that there's no religious freedom whatsoever. At least at the state level, what we're doing with the Virginia Values Act is we're actually using our own religious freedom law to challenge it in court. So
0: essentially, the the Virginia Values Act is bad enough, but if the federal version of this passes, um, it's just it can over supersede everything without the religious freedom protections. Yeah. Super concerning. Yeah. So do you think there's a chance of enough conservatives in Congress to hold the line on this so-called Equality Act?
1: Well, I'm concerned. It's not impossible. But we have several Republicans who are very confused on LGBT issues and don't understand the conflict with faith. So we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, another real concern with the incoming administration is the emphasis on abortion advocacy which really is heartbreaking because we've seen such strides over the last few years and putting more protections in at the national level against taxpayer support of abortion, for example. Victoria, are there any safeguards in place to prevent some of that, at least, from being completely overturned?
1: Well, yeah, I think about how we just celebrated Sanctity of Life Sunday in our churches this past month, and yet what we're celebrating has been some executive orders like not funding abortion anymore with our federal dollars, not funding abortion abroad. And now we've got this new HHS secretary, Javier Becerra, who this guy supported partial birth abortion. He voted against protecting minors from being driven across state lines. Uh, And he's most known for with the Planned Parenthood tapes. If people remember, there was an investigation, 14 felonies filed against the folks that simply revealed what Planned Parenthood was doing. So there are concerns. The safeguard is that they're out of step with America. And if they're too extreme, they should be voted out. And hopefully the American people will respond.
0: Well, since we were talking about the pressure coming from the federal law, let's talk about a minute also on the issue of mask mandates, because another promise that President Biden was making about his first hundred days was just this pledge of everybody wearing masks and uh, putting pressure on state governors to implement mask mandates. So, Victoria, let's talk about what's happening here in Virginia. And I'll just mention that it's interesting that we've seen this difficulty going on at the same time with the distribution of vaccines, um, because I don't think they're anywhere where they wanted to be with the numbers of people being vaccinated. So that's probably gonna add on to this whole pressure um, with distancing and mask. And how is that affecting our churches here in our state?
1: Well, it's been really confusing for our churches to know we care a lot that people are safe, that they're using the right precautions. But the governor's been back and forth on what the rules are today, what the rules are tomorrow, what the distancing is. And honestly, it's just really disappointing that Virginia is at the bottom of the list of states with regards to getting the vaccine out. I wish our governor had focused more on how to get that thing out faster for folks who want it rather than focusing on every other day changing curfew laws.
0: Yeah. And what does this mean for our churches? Because we've seen this has been a real struggle because there's been different regulations, different mandates coming out in a series. And it's kind of hard to know which mandate applies where. um, Just, you know, for how many people can sit in a pew kind of a
1: thing. Well, we've certainly seen that there's already been a lawsuit filed in Culpeper from churches saying we're able to worship the way we need to worship. And we think the courts have generally respected that. Um, but we also have the governor making these ridiculous comments like you don't have to gather to worship God, which seems like they don't understand what all being the church actually looks like functioning as the body. So it's it's a frustrating situation for churches.
0: Yeah. And my understanding of the whole Culpeper thing was that they the church members were pointing out that they felt like there was unequal or unfair treatment with the way these regulations were being handled in comparison to what was being said to churches and then what businesses and nearby restaurants were able to do. And plus, they just felt like it violated their conscience on this biblical instruction in Hebrews that we have to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So where is that boundary line, you know, where government cannot single out our churches or just overrule religious freedoms?
1: Yeah, it needs to be very clear that the that the church has to stand up for its faith when necessary. It is a difficult thing to know where exactly that line is when it comes to a pandemic. But we're glad that there have been lawsuits. And we do think that even the Supreme Court has been sympathetic to uh, the, the requests by churches in other states to say we need to be open.
0: Yeah, because the main thing is you don't want people to become numb to the government using a real valid issue like a pandemic and turning that into the kind of this routine control of churches. So that's why it's good to bring attention to it.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: why we started this legal arm, right? The founding freedoms law center.
1: Yes, the goal of that organization and what they've been able to do is be able to issue guidelines to churches throughout this pandemic. When the laws change, when there's court cases, churches stay abreast by getting the information from Founding Freedoms Law Center. And they've also been engaged in what we were talking about earlier with the Virginia Values Act. They've been part of the litigation to help try to strike down that law.
0: Yeah, and if anybody wants to learn more about these cases that have a direct impact here in Virginia that our legal arm is handling, Just go to foundingfreedomslaw.org. That's foundingfreedomslaw.org. You can read a lot more detail than what we're sharing here today. But just real quick, can you talk to us, Victoria, about what's happening with our state leaders bolstering up the Civil Rights Office here in Virginia to really actually go after those who deviate from LGBTQ orthodoxy, so to speak?
1: Yeah, our attorney general's office has created 15 new positions he's calling it a whole new division basically to come after churches and that's why we had the founding freedoms law center because they're going to be victims they're going to be people who that attorney general's office comes after that need to stand and defend their faith and we're glad to be there to be a part of that
0: well it's time for our inconceivable moments award where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Victoria, earlier in the program, we were talking about this social media purge, as many have called it, which seems to be culminating with the eradication of anyone even perceived to be on the wrong side of things. I think I even saw a family who was uh, selling patriotic clothing getting canceled out at one point. But what's really uh, amazing, just uh, um, something you wouldn't think you would hear of, is that this went all the way up to the then-president, President Trump himself, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to forget the day that the president of the United States of America was canceled all the way from top to bottom on all social media platforms. And like we said, regardless of where you are politically, it should be frightening to everyone that the tech conglomerate can just act like a third arm of government and shut you down. Exactly.
0: And just to illustrate how crazy things got, we actually got warnings to our country from Russians, the German Chancellor, and the ACLU about how dangerous it was for something like
1: Twitter to have that kind of power in a country. Yeah, I think we can summarize all of this by saying that if you're Twitter or Facebook and you have the Russians, the Germans, and the ACLU all saying you went too far, something might be wrong. And you may have just gone a little over the edge. So I definitely have to give this week's inconceivable award to the social media cartel.
0: Yeah, and I second that nomination, and I just want to take a moment to read what one of the ACLU representatives said on Twitter. Quote, it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and Twitter wield the unchecked power to remove people from platforms.
1: Yeah, I think it's a bigger concern when a company can then go and wipe out an entire alternate platform, like how we saw Parler got taken offline. Unbelievable.
0: Well, that's so true, but it's good to remember like we started out in this episode that there's one thing that never changes, and that is our Lord and Savior, who as the Bible tells us is the same yesterday, today, and forever, no matter what's happening in social media. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time, and don't forget we are stronger when we speak together.